Hey, what's going on? Greetings and a good day, and welcome to a jubilant edition of 184th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service. We're here talking about uh, your Toronto Blue Jays here in September. Uh, very much a different team than your Toronto Blue Jays uh, two months ago, or six weeks ago, or on opening day. Uh, it, you could even say that it is a completely turned over roster. I, I, I haven't checked. Um, but I would say that maybe there's two players that were on, that were ready to play on opening day that are uh, in the lineup today as they made a uh, triumphant, historic comeback against uh, the dreaded and uh, hated Tampa Bay Rays, which is always exciting. I, anytime we can we can lower the number that's going to be on the banner that the Rays uh, erect in their stadium there in Tampa Bay that will say something to the effect of like one more games than we were supposed to with the lowest payroll in baseball. Hooray. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Make, maybe lose more games. Lose as many as they can. But also still finish like 30 games behind the Red Sox in the American League East. So we're going to talk about a bunch of things. And, and I want to make sure we this is clear at the, uh, right from the start. Because the Blue Jays staged this triumphant comeback today, uh, it's definitely going to change the way that the tone of the episode Um because everything's going to be great and gravy now. We're all excited about the kids in the future. Doesn't matter how many offers they've taken in the last week. Today, today everything is looking glorious. And speaking of glorious, speaking of uh, of um, uh, the man who joins me as always, uh, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. How are you? Oh, glorious. Obviously, you are glorious. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. This is gonna be like a sunshine and lollipops epi- episode of Birds All Day, as we uh, regale and then we revel in this uh, wonderful comeback that both of both you and I watched absolutely in real time, dying <laughs> pitch to pitch. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not like we're any better than the uh, the people in the stadium. I don't know how many people were there at the start, but by the end, it. Uh, Looked a little dire. It reminded me of uh, years ago. I think I was with Parks when uh, back in the old days of like sneaking down to the good seats. Uh, mm-hmm. They they did a similar thing. I think it was like a Greg Zahn walk off, maybe or Johnny Mac or something. This was you know the, that's it was this era that era. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember sneaking down to good seats and then you know as the game got out of hand, just getting closer and closer and ending up like. Basically on top of the Jays' dugout as they had an improbable, enormous comeback of this of this kind. Maybe not as many home runs. I think there's I think there's a lot of walks. I forget. Uh, it might have been Tampa actually, but uh, don't mm-hmm. quote me on any of that. Uh, and it it was it was you know one of the most memorable uh, experiences I had during that stupid shitty era. Despite the fact that I can remember so little of it, <laughs> the fact that I even really think <laughs> could pull out one game uh, is is impressive in its own right. So kudos to the I, folks that stayed and did live and die by every pitch because uh, got to witness a hell of a fucking thing. I ha- I went to uh, I saw the Blue Jays walk the Rays off. I think it was on or right near my birthday, so right around this time of year. Um, Aaron Hill hit a walk off home run uh, against the Rays back in the in the the dark days, and then I went to watch the Cro-Mags play after. So oh, nice. so that was quite a quite a birthday and uh that was the famous Rocco Ball Deli game where like we sat in center field and just yelled at Rocco for the entire <laughs> yelled encouraging things to him the entire game 
telling him we were encouraging him to come to Sneaky D's because we were going to see the Chromax, so we were inevitably going to go to Sneaky D's after. But uh, he didn't show, unfortunately. But the Blue Jays showed up today. Home run, Justin Smoke. So obviously, a lot of attention is going to be given to the young young players, um, the pitching. There's been a couple of nice turns or a, a, a nice turn through the rotation for some people. There's some there's some hope, some hope resembling. Uh, substances sprinkled across some of these uh, young arms players that uh, many of us have been, not many of us, any Blue Jays fan who keeps an eye to the minor league system has had an eye on the Sean Reed Foley and Pannon and Baraki uh, over the last couple of years, and now we're seeing them in the big leagues. But before I get any further, I want to talk a little bit about Justin Smoke. Sure. Um, because I didn't, I don't think, this is his fourth year as a Blue Jay, number one. Number two, um, he's sort of like, Sort of make really weaving himself into the fabric of the Blue Jays organizational history. I don't know. Maybe that's overstating. I think it might be kind a of, touch. Yeah. Well, he's creeping up there in terms of like appearances and and production. I mean, I noticed today he's he's coming up to a hundred home runs as a Blue Jay, which not not even twenty people have achieved in the forty years of the team. Um, that's a lot, right? Like. Of yeah. all the players that don the uniform, less than 20 have hit 100 home runs. And Justin Smoke, of all people, is going to be one of them. This is a guy who's also, in terms of on a rate basis or on a league-adjusted uh, league basis, he's like even creeping up higher into the top 15. And that's for his whole body work, which includes one year when he was so bad and played every day, it seemed like, but it was like well below average, like an awful player in 2014. No, 2015, I should yeah. say. Well, that's this is sort of the thing about him is that he was he was bad when they were good, and then and then all this production that you're talking about mm. uh, came in 2017 and 18, and it's like you know hard to hard to weave your way into history and into the Blue Jays lore uh, in these two fucking years. No, you're absolutely right. As you say that, I recall I watched there was some d- debate about the some talk on the among Blue Jays Twitter. Uh, silo today referring to the play-in game of course the 2016 wildcard game against the Orioles and then it led to I ended up watching like a big old 15 minute video you know summary of the game five against the Rangers the Rangers of course the bat flip game uh, there's Chris Colabello bing bong playing first base yeah yeah bing bong bing bong himself just like featured prominently and like you forget I forgot the a Colabello was there every day and he played well enough Obviously, it was a thing until it wasn't anymore. Um, and the, yeah, smoke's nowhere to be found. Didn't he get? Le- wasn't he left off the roster at one point in the playoffs? That's possible. That's possible. I, but anyway, uh, I, no, I think, I you, think that I think that is, or I think he was going to be, and then Devin Travis got hurt, and then Smoke got back on the roster that way, or something. That sounds about right. We don't need to delve too deeply into this specific history because it's just going to reveal us to be. Frauds, um, but <laughs> yeah, but you same, you, you're same, right. same reason we don't need to talk about much of this game either. Well, <laughs> I watched the whole ninth inning. I watched it after. I was like, oh, I should catch up, find out what happened. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. I was just going to say. So yeah, you're right that maybe smoke isn't going to go down in the annals. Um, he's he's now into the like Lyle Overbay category. Going back to the bad old days. He's kind of of a Lyle Overbay uh, quality. Uh, he definitely has a Lyle Overbay aesthetic. 
Um, except that Lyle Overbay was awesome. And I will remember Lyle Overbay more fondly than he played, where Smoke's going to be kind of the opposite, I think. People will remember that he was shitty, and then they'll remember that he was great one year, and now he's been good again this year, still, like, almost as good. But yeah, like, he's been a really, really productive player for the balance of his Blue Jays career. A guy who they acquired for basically nothing, a guy with the track record that was way out of line with his the belief in him that was held among among within the league because he looks the part. And then suddenly here he is at whatever, 30, 31 and he's figured it out. Yeah. It's nice. Did, did they require, did they acquire him for nothing? I don't remember what they, what the I don't think was, it was like a big, was trade. it was a J Hap? Was he in the J Hap trade? Well, did the first time, no J Hap the first time. Yeah. They got him from Houston. Didn't they? It wasn't that, wasn't that it? No, because he came from Seattle, so it might have been the second time. Well, no, you know, so the well, yeah, the Jays got Hap from Houston and then sent him to Seattle for smoke, and then Seattle sent him to Pittsburgh, and then the Jays signed him. Isn't that how that worked? No, the Jays. No, I, sorry, we could edit all this out. The Jays selected him. Uh, he was waived by the Mariners. The Jays plucked him on October 28, twenty fourteen. Selected oh, off waivers by the yes. Toronto Blue Jays. I'm, th- I'm thinking, of, Mike, just I'm thinking of Michael Saunders. Like a, yeah, I'm thinking of Michael Saunders got traded for Hap. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Cliff Lee trade. That's he. So oh yeah, here's Smoke ago, is known. Yes, he yeah. he was the the like the the cornerstone of the Cliff Lee trade from the Mariners' perspective. I remember Dave Cameron like freaking out. We got Justin Smoke like in shock that they had done so well with that trade package, which included some pretty ominous names when you go back and look at it now. That uh, Josh Lukey and uh, Matt Ooh. Lawson, Blake Bevin. Not a lot of. Uh, the, the Mariners did not do so well in that. Hey, in that the, deal, you know, as what? it turns out, <laughs> the Padres are in good hands. Yeah, well, hey, he's done pretty well. <laughs> the Padres, anyway. No, so yeah, yeah Justin Smoke, a bit yeah. of an odd career. I mean, I think that's sort of how it works with first non-star first baseman, though. Because I mean, is he a better player than say Will, Willie Upshaw? Is he a different player than Willie Upshaw? He's not of the of the caliber of like a Fred McGriff, who was you know McGriff and Delgado sort of franchise you know, cornerstone type players are very good offensive players, yeah. if nothing else. Both very, like, is, you know, near Hall of Famers, basically. Yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. It's for their bad. whole body of work, we, you know, beyond just the Jays. But yeah, no, he's not. I mean, Overbay's, mm-hmm. Overbay's a good comparison, perhaps. I feel like, in the end, he's going to... Smoke will end up being a better and more productive player as a Blue Jay than Overbay. Overbay had other things going on, though, aesthetically speaking. The Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. all the Pearl Jam. Oh, I love watching <laughs> Lyle Lover play. I I liked watching Lyle Lover play play defense. I don't know what it was. It's, as a first baseman, he was he was really good, and he had a cannon. I always wanted to watch him throw. It was one of those things where you never got to see it, but when he did, it was like, oh yeah, Overbay threw. That was great. Um, but anyway, no one cares about Lyle Overbay. They should. Guy hit doubles like crazy, but. Uh, <laughs> Were there pictures of him, like some guy that looked like him, shit faced on a plane or something like that? Was it? I, I don't know. I, so, just a spark of a memory from like the weird internet of 2009 or something like that. He has one of those faces, you see, over Bay. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Sure. I talk about, I don't sure. know. Sure. Though, actually, what are we talk about? Well, I, well, here's, well, here's the thing. Uh, 
you know, the kids are doing uh, are doing their thing. I mean, obviously, smoke, like you say, was part of it. Uh, and in the middle of the season, when you're still sort of attached to these guys, we're talking, you know, Jay Happs go going to the Yankees, but it's like maybe, you know, maybe resign him next year. The they, the pitching staff needs a, you know, need, needs a, a, a cornerstone, needs a, a rock. And, and mm-hmm. some veteran help, and jo- Justin Smoke can be a guy who can help mentor these guys, and Russell Martin, and mm-hmm. are, like the more we see the kids, the more, like do we still feel they need like a whole year of just running Justin Smoke out there to pat Rowdy Tellas on the ass, or 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 do we perhaps think that I don't know, it's like is like Ed Smoke is playing well, like is is he a guy who might go in the off season? Is Russell Martin a guy who might go in the off season? Uh, how how turned over to the kids? And to the new manager, is the next team going to be? That's a that's a great question, and I think that the smoke one is the smoke thing is it will be interesting to watch because he now has like a thousand plate appearances of being a really good hitter, mm-hmm. a thousand in a row too. Not like he was good in twenty twelve and then he suddenly he was good a bunch of years later. Like he's, I think he has established himself as a as a what he is like a, a pretty good hitter, yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty good hitter. He's a guy that is an upgrade at first base for a, any number of uh, decent to good teams. Um, but any many makes his in terms of uh, his the salary commitment is very minimal, so it makes him a reasonable trade chip. Um, although there the as if, if this off season is anything like last off season, there are going to be a whole raft of guys who are not as good, but not significantly worse than Justin Smoke, just floating around looking for jobs all winter long. True, so, true. So uh, unless you, I mean... Well, so, well, the, I mean, so the salary is what? I think $8 million it goes up to, I think? Yes, he's, he year. has activated some of those elevators with his plate appearances and his... Because uh, that's how the they can't do it on yeah. and I, I mean, production, I get, it is. Yeah, I, I, it comes down to the roster spot, I think, a little bit too, right? I mean, is that... I don't know. I just I feel like like that my stance on this, where my head is at on it, has maybe changed a little bit. Just watching, like I say, I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know the. I mean, I'm sure it'd be nice if, uh, if they if they had Justin Smoke and, and Martin and mentors and Tulo and all that, you know, out there for a full year. But I think they also need to get these damn kids some playing time and time on the mm-hmm. roster. And 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 I'm less sure now about how valuable. I think that that you know the mentoring aspect might be. I don't know, and also, and like I mentioned, you know, when I when I first brought it up, uh, the the new manager is maybe going to want to have the run of the clubhouse. Is maybe maybe they'll like maybe they would want to clear out some veterans and and really make it a fresh start and really give somebody an opportunity to come in and and put their stamp on it. But I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for there. It's all very. You know, as it, as any team would be, it's all really clandestine. But I think, like you say, it will be interesting to watch how they how they proceed and how they, you know, what the, what they value in terms of the of, of the roster versus the veteran leadership versus, uh, you know, because they talk big about player development and and being mm-hmm. very very uh, uh, into that very. Uh, uh, you know that's their that's that's a thing that's uh, that they very much believe in and think that they are good at and strive to be good at and consider constantly. So how will that how this plays out? Well, I think tell us a lot about you know what they really think because you know they say lots of shit about lots of shit, and it's really their actions that matter. I think that a lot of those things work against 
the idea of Justin Smoke coming back to the Blue Jays next year because, A, he has value to other teams if they want to upgrade their first base situation, uh, if they don't. And he's a switch hitter, obviously, which, is, which helps rather than maybe like a Matt Adams type. Uh, or, you know, as we've seen, Adam Lind couldn't get a job this year after having a strong year last year playing mm-hmm, some first yeah. base and, and, and crushing right-handed pitching, and now he's done. There's no no one for him. He spent some time in AAA. And I, I, I can't imagine what his um, mentality was, but I, I don't know. I could take a guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the thing, so what if I think about the idea of putting together, obviously the Jays are going to, if they're gonna go with the, the kids and they, they they're gonna let the just let it become a youth true youth movement. Um, there is obviously always value in having a competitive team in every way that you can while that's going on. So having a you know the raise the floor. So the thing about first base is that you are not as the floor is that much higher. Maybe mm-hmm. like if it's not smoke, you can find somebody else. Even even if it's Martin or something like the defensive. Um, burden is so much lessened that if you trade smoke and Telez, the bottom falls out and you know he is exposed by big league pitching as uh, on his second time through the league and once the wear and tear and all that sort of stuff kind of starts to 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 uh, affect him the team isn't going to be that much worse off finding someone else to throw over there among the glut of people who play that position or are capable or at the least at the, that end of the defensive spectrum. Well, I could so think of, you, I could think of a third baseman in New Hampshire who maybe would fit there. Ah, <laughs> indeed. He's a third baseman. Uh, what's his name? Schneider said he's good. He's going to be true. an above average defensive player. I saw that. Uh, but also not another, towing the company line. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is interesting, but I, I mean, I, I, I joked that, you know, oh, he failed the job interview, but I, I mean, obviously they value him if they have him up. They want to take a look at what he's like and, and, and all that, I assume. They talk about it being a reward, which that Tell makes sense too. Uh, Schneider. Oh, Schneider, right. He's here yeah. with the team, with the Bigley team? Yeah, oh. that's why he's getting quotes. Yeah, they did, they delayed his service time by a couple of weeks and brought him up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but also, so, but also, so that's the economic side of things and i think that could also be a factor with smoke that we don't want to think about and i wrote about a little bit this week in the alfred piece that i wrote which is you know uh he makes it eight eight million dollars maybe they want to shed that salary i uh, i'm curious to see where they go in terms of what they because they they have carte blanche to just cut payroll everywhere they could do whatever you know and how cheap are they going to get and and that sort of i'm sure is going to factor into whether the roster spot is worth, you know, giving to a guy like that, or whether, you know, it, it'll it, it's just it'll be interesting to see what their what their map is for that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me that Smoke maybe also is on the way out because because that's money that they could use to fucking do some seats or whatever the fuck they're going to do with this renovation. You just put like a very bad taste in my mouth. You were like, "Whoa, eight million. I, I when you say that, I can't help but think, "Well, you know, they do have to. They do have Tavares' salary to consider with the cap. So making eight million, uh, that's a really difficult number to move. When, but there's no term, so th- that's like that's fucked up. Eight million bucks in baseball is nothing. That is nothing. And if they're running around looking for a way to shed that salary, we're all just so profoundly 
profoundly doomed. But like you said, they have carte blanche. They're going to go. As, they're going to take it to the wood as best they can. They're going to run the kids out there, and then they're going to gesture racistly towards Troy Tulowitzki, being like, "Well, we got to do this because Tulo is a corpse running around making twenty-one million dollars." And then they'll. As, I, I, so my next, the next point, um, we can get to the Alfred thing after. But like, what's up with Russell Martin? We haven't. He hasn't played in more in, in more than two weeks. Yeah. He hasn't played since, since September the 3rd. Today is, uh, when we are recording this now, is the uh, 20th. Heading into the 21st when most people hear this. So that is more than two weeks. Two and a half weeks he hasn't played. There was a, there was a parental leave in there. Congratulations mm-hmm. to, yeah. uh, to Martin uh, and, and his um, significant other or, or the, his partner. Um, but that's a long time for him to just be kind of hanging out. I don't understand that. Are they that like? Is it that difficult to find playing time for the your starting catcher? Well, suggesting now that he is that, which I, I don't, don't know think that he is that. Yeah, I mean, well, they you know they brought up McGuire a little bit late, and they've you know they've obviously they want to get a good look at Jansen. They have McGuire here. I I don't know. I mean, well, those <laughs> those big league reps are obviously so valuable. You know, you got to give those kids the opportunity to get a, a big league rep if you can, unless, you know, it might make their free agency come a little bit earlier. That's true. <laughs> but no, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, what's the point of playing Russell Martin at this point? Well, they played Luke Maley yesterday. Yeah. What's the point of playing him too? Yeah. it's a good point. I don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe there's some, there's probably, perhaps there's something that we don't know that's going on. Uh, they showed him today in the aftermath of the walk-off home run hit by Justin Smoke, who we just discussed, and he was having a great time. Russell Martin slammed his hat down on the ground. Somebody else came, else came over and kicked it, celebrating and whooping it up, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, 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 the, the only place I see Russell Martin now is in Marcus Stroman's Instagram story. That's the <laughs> only place that, like, it's a proof of life thing that 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 Stroman is sending out. Uh, but it's, a, I don't know, it's a little odd and I, I just, I can't help but wonder what it's going to look like next year. And I think you touched on it a little bit. Does that mean they're going to, is, is there a chance that the Blue Jays will then move ahead without him? Um, is he, uh, will they move him? I'm sure, I'm sure if they have the opportunity, they will, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I, well, I, I, I don't know, but it, that's another thing. I mean, if they can save any of that money, the, the I don't, that, that's what sort of fas- fascinates me at this point, as I've already said, I guess. But like, you know, uh, where where they find that balance between shedding salary and you know keeping a guy around because they think it's valuable to have him around. I mean, I think people do believe that, and you know, it's been we've talked about it all year, and now I'm like <laughs> I'm getting squirrely about it a little bit because it does seem like I don't know, maybe the kids will be fine. Well, I think what we've seen over the last couple months of the season is that the kids won't be any worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, this team is bad. Um, it's not, it, it has been comparably bad in recent years, so it's not like it's, it's transcendently bad. But I guess that's kind of what you're looking to see, maybe. So you tell Russell Martin, we got to figure out what we're going to do. He'll be back in the saddle playing twice a week next year. We want to see if we can let Jansen play three times or four times a week. 
see if he can hold up to it, and not, or otherwise, you know, we're kind of back to square one. I don't know. Yeah, well, I but, mean, I mean, Gre- I think Gregor had a piece about him uh, today or yesterday uh, about Martin. Uh, I think it was. I think he was playing Fortnite with Baraki at some point in it, or that could have been in another piece. But it was basically he was talking about, you know, he's basically starting his off season a little bit early and just hanging around, being a dude, doing the you know doing the thing. But it's mm. just that's that's what the, that's where they're at. They want to see what these other kids are, are up to. I mean, what else? Can, what he's got? He's, he can't he can't walk away from that paycheck. So he would know, be insane to do so. Making the best of it, which is which is cool. Good for him. I mean, also if you're him, I mean, what like do do his wishes factor into this too? I mean, we always talk about it in terms of you know how will it affect the Jays? What should they do? And I mean, you know, as a, as a ruthless corporate entity, I suppose they don't have to factor this stuff in, except maybe for how it would affect him in the clubhouse. But I'm sure that Martin, or maybe you know, maybe not. Some guys don't. But I would, I you would think that. You know, who knows what his next contract's going to look like, but he's going to be in the league next year, whether it's here or elsewhere, or he's going to mm-hmm. be collecting a big league paycheck at least. You know, I mean, maybe he wants to, maybe he'd like to go to, to a contender. Maybe there's certainly teams that, you know, just because of the state of catching, even if he's not going to play every day, he could be a valuable guy for a lot of teams. Uh, not so much that they'll, you know, pay all that salary or, or any of it, but uh, but maybe that's what he wants too. And I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge the Jays moving him uh, if that's part of the consideration, too, because it would be nice to see him go to somewhere and do his thing somewhere where it's not just <laughs> this. Here's a here's a hypothetical for you, then, that's going to uh, cause <laughs> horror, waves of horror and nausea to, to, I to feel crash. Over. You know where I'm going with this, don't I you? Did, I think I might. Uh, do you know what team is currently ranked 30th in uh, in wins above replacement by their catchers? Uh, oh, please, please let me know. That would be the best team in baseball, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. If ever there was a team that could probably use a, a, a solid catcher who's not a, a uh, well, Vasquez, who's not great, and then Swihart's awful, yeah. um, it's them. So maybe that's, maybe that's a fit. How much do the Blue Jays need to pay the Red Sox? To make Russell Martin a Russell Martin trade worth their while, trading him in division, not, not like that matters anymore. I think, I don't that think that matters, we're starting yeah. to see the end of that, and it's not like the Blue Jays are going to be. I mean, it'll it's a tough sell to the fans, but if you're chopping the payroll down by fifty percent, uh, whether where Russell Martin plays is the least of your worries. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it, and it would be particularly galling to see him wearing the Red Sox jersey. It, it would, it would, it would. But you know, I mean. Just after Shapiro did the 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 media tour, whatever it was, the like mm-hmm. the the PR, the attempt to like save his image or whatever the fuck, talk about the Mets shit and the Donalds and shit. Uh, you know he was he was talking about payroll, which I it, it just it ended up coming out in a way that I don't I I knew you know everybody knew the payroll was going to go down next year just because of the way the roster is going to be composed. But if you start to think about it as a thing that they might actively be trying to get down, then yeah, I mean, a Russell Martin trade seems all the more likely. And like, I mean, that's what, you know, what else? It, it seems like a no brainer, really. I mean, if the, if it's, if money is that big of an issue. And so that's another thing, right? That's the, uh, like, like smoke, that's a thing to watch. And uh, like smoke, I may have, I may be wavering on the idea that, oh, they might just keep these veteran guys around to, to mentor kids. 
Uh, you mentioned Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson drew a walk in his only plate appearance tonight. He is uh, three for eighteen as a member uh, in Cleveland so far. Three for eighteen. Cleveland, who? <laughs> well, I think it's. I don't think it's his September numbers that anybody's going to be worried about. Uh, Cleveland, uh, they're only they're all, they're playing no more than four games in October anyway. <laughs> they have the same, are they about the same record as the Rays at this point? Yeah, they're they are either one game ahead or behind of the Rays. They're right around there. <laughs> it's and fucked. the Astros. If you if you follow Mike uh, Petrillo of uh, Statcast, he will tell he's going on and on that the Astros are one not only the best team in baseball this year, but one of the best teams we've ever seen in terms of run differential, in terms of the way that they score and defend and pitch. And uh, they don't have the same record as the Red Sox, who I think everyone can, would agree is are like a truly great team. Um, but the Astros are right there. So good luck to Cleveland. Um, good luck. Hey, you never know. <laughs> play, uh, At least they had to fun. upset their entire in, infield to uh, to do this, to take this uh, gamble. Well, and you trade know, up. Uh, hmm? well, well, they're disciples of Mark Shapiro, so obviously they're fucking clowns. <laughs> um. Yeah. The last note on, on Martin and Smoke is that I think the thing that we haven't stressed enough is the value of the roster spots and the true roster crunch that they are facing. And if we know anything about this team is that they're not going to give up something for nothing. The idea of losing a Harold Ramirez or whomever else to the Rule 5 draft, you know, the, the kind of that caliber of player that's on that cusp, um, is it's not a good decision from their perspective using their internal calculus so the idea that they are then not only going to clear those decks by moving the older more expensive players out um, they'll do it with a player who might have value as well so i don't think it's un, un i don't think it's crazy to think that Mar- both martin and smoke could be gone um when opening day rolls around yeah morales will be tough yeah is it exciting no, it's not. It sucks. I like Russell Martin as a Blue Jay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and as I've already mentioned, yeah. Russell, uh, Justin Smoke is going to be in the level of action this one day, <laughs> right next to Overbay, weaving himself into the Blue Jays lore, as like some blowhard mentioned one time on the radio. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of service time and service time manipulation, which is the number one thing that Blue Jays fans want to talk about, because it's not against the rules, so you might as well do it at all times. With every player, whether it is warranted or not, uh, Anthony Alford. Yeah. Called up. Yeah. Called up two weeks after the end of the AAA season, somewhat mysteriously. Um, mysterious in that he was not a particularly uh, strong player at the AAA level this year. Uh, had a brief cup of coffee with the Blue Jays in May. Not great. In that it was awful. <laughs> yeah. And yet here he is. Uh-huh. But the question, the question being asked is not whether or not he deserved uh, a promotion. Because um, deserve often doesn't have that much to do with it. The question is why now? And you have a theory based on well, you are not alone in holding this theory or or floating this this trial balloon. Uh, Shai Davidi of Sportsnet suggested that is it to avoid Anthony Alford becoming a super two. Which which of course super two to the uninitiated who are not listening to this show. Uh, would mean that he would gain an extra pass through arbitration. So instead of being three years of free arb and three years of arbitration, four years of arbitration, which has a uh, direct result on the uh, amount of earnings he will he will accrue 
over those four years, just because of the way that that baseball salary structure is 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 built. Um, it would it's pretend, potentially lucrative for the player and not therefore penal to the to the team apparently because paying guys who are good, you don't want to do that. Obviously. So there's some talk that there's a suggestion by Davidi that you kind of took and ran, you picked up that ball and ran with it, that maybe they're manipulating Anthony off for service time. Why the fuck would they do that? Right? Why? Well, because they can. That is sort of the answer that I ended up coming around to. Maybe, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe there was something personal that he was away from the team for. Maybe there was some mm-hmm, reason to do mm-hmm. it. But, but as I said in the piece, you know, like if I'm if I'm the union and I'm like gearing up for the coming labor war, and this is you know part of what needs to be addressed, obviously, uh, it's certainly a little bit fishy looking that he would, you know, the the difference of whatever it is, seventeen days, is the difference between if he comes up in early April next year and stays in the big leagues for good, which nobody like I don't know why anybody would think he would. Mm-hmm. But but I mean it's at least you know I I wonder if they think in contingencies like that and just you know well just in case just in case he does we'll manipulate this we'll use this lever that's at our disposal and you know the it's not even certain that he would be a super two if he came up at the start of this September and stayed in the big leagues for good for two years but uh, but it would you know he would be it would, his service time would fall in the range. That it usually is in. That was in Shai's piece, and yeah, I, I mean, I like we've talked about this before many times, you know, because people, I, I remember rolling my eyes about people, you know, people suggesting, oh, maybe they're manipulating Sean Reed Foley's service time, or oh, they're gonna, and you know, the standard answer that we've always been giving is that, you know, which I thought, uh, I think was, I think is right, that it would, I think should be right, is that though, I mean. Those aren't the guys that you manipulate the service time of. Those are guys, you know, you're thrilled if that guy never has to see the minor leagues again. You're thrilled if that guy has such a great outcome to his career that you end up having to pay him a little bit more over the life of it than, you know, than a guy that you would like non-tender or, like, you know, that he's actually become a good player for you. Uh, you probably don't need to, you know, you, and this, I guess, is the thing. I was going to say you probably don't need to watch your pennies so closely, but I think that that's maybe what this is a signal of, right? I mean, that... that not only that the Jays and where they're at in terms of this payroll thing, as we were talking before, and where they're going and where that's going and what that means, mm-hmm. wh- whether that needs to be cut down, needs to be, quote-unquote, or whether that is is being cut down to help aid some flow of cash into the renovation or or what. Uh, you know, it, it's... You you can't. I guess it's like the logical conclusion of all of this shit is that okay? That's like the extra two percent. They they're they're gonna manipulate Anthony Alford out of this super two by holding him down for two weeks and brazenly do it because you know they because they can do it. And it's just I mean they in the in in like the corporate hive mind in the mind of of the uh, you know of the we must use every instrument of the CBA at our disposal to save as much money and give us enough, as much flexibility as possible in that mindset. Yeah, I guess, I guess you, I guess you do that. I guess that, I guess there's enough potential marginal value out of doing that to make it worthwhile. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but the way that they speak and the way that, you know, you, uh, the, the sense you've gotten or we've gotten over the course of the last, you know, two, three years about how these people think and want to run the team and where they're at uh, I don't know. Is it that surprising that that would be an advantage that they're trying to gain? Just uh, you know, just 
whatever marginal value that they can. I, I don't think it is all that surprising. So that's why, you know, I wrote the piece because I think it is entirely possible that that's what's going on. It just seems stupid, even petty. more yeah. ruthless, I yeah. think is the word. It just seems ruthless in a way that isn't in my, from my position on, on the outside, it seems ruthless to no end. It's, it's almost like a, like it does, I don't know. It's just, and it, uh, it I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I, I may, it just seems so it's, it's, it's risk aversion to such an alarming degree because it's almost like breakout at the, all the, and it, the thing I've come back to in my mind, and I just looked it up, was the Michael Brantley contract that, mm-hmm. that, that Cleveland signed. So Cleveland signed Michael Brantley at, to a four-year, twenty-five million dollar extension with one year, with one option year, um, after the twenty thirteen season, ahead of the twenty fourteen season. And um, he had just come off a season that was like decent. Okay, uh, he had been worth. You know, he had the year before he was just barely above league average, worth like two and a half wins by Fangraphs. The 2013 season, he played 150 games. He's worth just a, two wins, barely above league average. They give him this deal. Now he went out. He went crazy the following year and had like a six-win season, six right. and a half, seven-win year, which has then just paid for that entire contract all on its own, right there, from a team perspective. Anthony or uh, Michael Brantley. Um, Maybe cost himself money, but he still made twenty five million bucks plus whatever his option is that the team will inevitably pick up. Um, and it, it, it was just like, and I remember talking with someone. I was around the time that I was writing a Fangraphs, and it was it was a similar contract. And uh, Dave Cameron referred to it as like breakout insurance, like just like we'll sign this in case he goes crazy and don't save us a ton of money. Now this seems like the Anthony Offer thing is that, but taken to such an alarming degree to be. Averse of a, you know, trying to avoid a risk that it seems so remote. Because what are the chance? The chances, as you mentioned, you can you you can do it another way. Because they uh, maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they see a breakout coming in him, and he's gonna be up to stay on opening day, and he's gonna hit, and he's gonna have a place to play, and play every day, and earn and earn and and it will not be an issue that would be great again that's a that's a good problem to have but to go to this length to avoid it it just seems again it seems ruthless and petty and and not in my mind conducive to like a strong relationship with your any of your employees because what kind of, who wants to work in that kind of environment where you're like we'll take care you know will we take care of you i don't know we're going to do everything in our power to control the things that are within our control just because it, it benefits us somewhat, potentially, maybe, if everything works to plan for you. I don't know. I just, it's unseemly, I think, maybe, is the way yeah. that I feel just about the whole idea. It, yeah, you're right. And, I, you know, on one hand, if you, if you take away those factors of, you know, what it means to, what it says to other players, what it what environment it creates, um, you could probably make the case like, oh, it's just good business. It's just it's just smart business. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that there's probably that it's worth considering the fact that this is a, a bit of, a, and, and we kind of wave it away a little bit, I guess, when 
the stakes are mm-hmm. so high on someone like Guerrero, where it's like as as disgraceful as that is, you get it, right? You kind of you get why the teams are doing that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the other thing, though, uh, you know, regarding ruthlessness is that you know if they were ruthless to the the highest power possible, uh, you know, maybe Osuna would still be here. So maybe they're maybe they're we're, we're not giving them enough credit on that end, but maybe no, but, but maybe I, there's a calculation there that's you know not uh, the calculation is that the most fans don't give a shit about this stuff, and you I'm sure saw it in you see it online, uh, in in your the kind of interactions that you have in already like a self selected group of fans in a lot of ways, the the people that you interact with on Twitter and the people are is different than the people that I interact with on Twitter, but even that. I get the, the the worst the thing that I get when I talk about this is like what's with this outrage they're just doing it because they can you know it's not their fault they're just working within the the constructs that were created by somebody else maybe they shouldn't have signed this deal like people trying to be level-headed about it but I'm sure you because you have a bigger audience uh in turn in a larger base with people who you haven't yet blocked but are still part of your uh, <laughs> your your Twitter following yeah. that they don't give a shit about this stuff about the players they don't get into the weeds in this in this to this degree. There are people who do, and the people who are outspoken about it, or the people who talk about it, or the people who kind of just close their eyes and let wait for this part to go past, so that they can continue to um, enjoy the escapism of uh, that is baseball and, and the, the 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 release and the fun and all the things that come with it. Um, that, that we but. But most fans don't care, so the team doesn't pay any kind of like a PR price. There's no right. there's no price to pay for doing this. It doesn't cost them anything realistically. And I saw someone in in conversation online with somebody today. The guy was like, you know, maybe this makes it so that you don't want to be a Blue Jays prospect. I'm like, sure, but the most of them don't have a fucking choice. They're conscripted into the Blue Jays uh, organization, and they there they are stuck. For <laughs> seven, eight, nine years, depending on how long they're in the minor leagues and how long they're sent to free agency, which such a minute percentage of base professional baseball players get to that stage, get to free agency, get who have a cut, get through all, get through, go through the draft, go through the, the low minors or the upper minors, and then break in and then stick in the big leagues for six full years to reach free agency. That's such a small group who ever get there so the fans but the fans don't care about that most fans it's just not on their radar they're 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 not they haven't been um conditioned to care we've we've had these conversations before and conversations around sports isn't it's always the player is selfish and this guy's bad and takes too much money doesn't try all the sort of owner-centric things the owner codified messages that have been they they have a vested interest in in spreading that message and and the Moneyball's thing is taking it to the nth degree. There's a great story on Deadspin today about the A's, mm-hmm. about being an A's fan today and how the team was so convinced that there was going to be a work stoppage in their great, was that 2002? No. The great, uh, with the 20-game winning streak? Yeah, I think it was 2002, yeah. Where they had stopped printing tickets. Right. And they had to, have, <laughs> and then and they and they needed, they were like, oh shit, there were, there's not going to be work stoppage. The games are going. So they had to grab old ticket stock with like Terrence fucking Long's face on it. Guy had played in the team in five years. They're like, whatever, put the tickets out with his name on it. They didn't give a shit. And and the owners of you know they the it's a good story. Read the Deadspin story. The Blue Jays aren't in that situation, but 
this is a natural where we are today and, and seeing that if, 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 it's a big if, we don't know. But if that's what it is, it's, it's, to me, it's off-putting. And, and it's just another, you know, these, 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 the, the, what are we doing with all of this? File is getting a little thicker day by day <laughs> for me. Uh- well, sure, and I know, and I think on the, on that front, absolutely. But also, you know, as I mentioned in the piece, you know, the the twins in Buxton, and the you know, it, it, or there are there are other teams doing these kinds of things. I'm sure there's there's probably stuff that you know. I'm sure there's stuff that I haven't considered in terms of you know some of these moves. I don't know if there's another player around the league that has has mysteriously you know dropped off the roster and then been brought back uh, with two weeks left. Um, but there. But like I said, the, in, it, as I wrote, uh, Atkins talked about last winter, and we talked about it a lot too, about how teams think the same, and it's the it's all the same fucking dudes running these fucking teams who are all mm. part of the same fucking branch of the executive tree, at, who are you know all from uh, like you know Minnesota's John Daniels and and back to who was hired by John Hart, who was with Shapiro, and there's all these Cleveland people everywhere, and there's mm-hmm. it, it's just. So, and all, I, and I, they're all, all they're all these NBA guys, who, guys, guys, who are yeah. working for now for corporate ownership, and they want to see they want their operation to run lean. The yeah. gold boys kind of glad handy, like hey, you know, whatever the money just kind of splashes around, and they just you get this bag and I get this bag, and off we go. Um, and, well, and I, it, I will and, say, I, well, I would just say mm-hmm. to the like to the question of you know, oh, is it going to you know, who which prospect is going to want to play for the Blue Jays if this is what's happening? Well, but mm-hmm. if it happens everywhere, then the, then that's a moot point, right? Yeah, and, no, that's true as well. They they got no they they're fucked no matter what. Um, at the risk of doing the thing that we de- we never want to do, but we'll always do it. The you know who had a really healthy attitude about all this stuff, in my view. Mm-hmm. Alex Anthopoulos, yeah. He because at the time uh, when Al, when AA was the general manager. What we saw more than even we see now, I, I, there haven't been as many, is like these the kind of buying out the Arbier, like deals given to given to guys, you know, the John Lester deal and the Ricky Romero and all this sort of stuff. And and there was the talk at the time was, well, are they going to give one to Brett Laurie? Yeah. Well, let's get Laurie signed an extension, buy those Arbiers out, get this, you know, even though he only had, he was in his second year as a, uh, you know as a big leaguer. Well, get him on the Yelich deal. Get him on whatever. They, you know, there's different shapes that fit different kinds of players. Templates that, that float around. Like you said, all the teams th- think the same, so they're all offering the same contract to the same guys at the same stages. Um, and Ethopolis said, well, we aren't necessarily motivated to do that all the time because you know, the Arbiers serve as option years, right? Mm-hmm. The Arbiers do that work for you. And uh, I can't help but agree. That's what yeah. it's there for. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to, to sign those extensions, but but it's a good problem to have if you look at if you're looking down the road and being like, oh man, he's going to cost us 25 million bucks when he's a when he's a, a fourth year player or, th- or fifth year player. It's like that's not the worst thing. Uh, and in, I know in your story you co- you contrasted uh, Sanchez and and Strowman. Um and I think and but you also mentioned the, the a, a key point that. Strowman is going to earn more on, thanks to his extra pass through. Strowman's been a way better player as well. Yes, that's very true. Strowman has literally earned more via his play. Yeah. Aaron Sanchez, 
the only thing Aaron Sanchez has earned with his play is my unending scorn. <laughs> uh, well, and, and, and Sanchez, I mean, if Sanchez has been better in the minor leagues, he might have been up sooner, which is, you know, which just says that that sort of factors in what's, what is earned and what isn't, which is why, you know, the Guerrero thing is so maddening, I think, because he's, he's, he's earned, he, he has earned by pretty much anybody's standard uh, all those extra service days. That's actually an interesting twist in the Alfred thing, which is that he didn't, quote-unquote, maybe earn those days in the same way because he was on the DL all the time, uh, which I mentioned yeah. also in the piece. And he wasn't great. He um, but well, I, but whatever. Just, I mean, what, whatever, whatever. And I'll, I, you know, he, he got those days. Uh, can we clarify for the people who might be listening now, uh, is it raining there where you are in the background? Yeah, it did just start raining, yeah. Didn't think it was okay, because... Most people were like, oh, it's so cool. What, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago when this hap- last happened, they were like, it's so cool you can hear the rain. And somebody else was like, what the fuck is going on in the background? Are you doing the wash or something? No, it's the rain. It's raining there in, uh, in the Kawartha Lakes region of Ontario. Um, I lost my own, my own train of thought making this stupid well, point so here, about the so rain. Here, okay, well, here, here's, a, here's a point also, which is you know talking about those deals... Uh, buying out our beers, you know, or buying out ex- early free agent years. Well, you know, we're mm-hmm. getting to the point where, you know, you're looking at you're looking at the way that the Jays are, are dealing with Vlad and the, the way that, that you know maybe this is a thing with, you know, are, are are these teams even thinking about extensions? Are they are they thinking like, okay, you know, you're you know, how old is Alfred? Twenty three. You know, if he, you know, did, are they going to want him when he's 30, 31? Like, is mm-hmm. uh, the the game is moving so fast and far towards the the, the younger players, uh, that, that that might also be a factor in, in why they are potentially being so cautious and so uh, considered in how they, they deal with that. Because, I don't know, like that's, that, that's really the only time of their career that matters at this point. Because now they're all fucking cheap when they, when they get older because nobody's paying for anybody who's not you know, under 30 at this point. I mean that's, that's a that's true. a that's a generalization, but kind of not true, not untrue. About JD Martinez, he's the one that everyone's going to refer to. We're like, hey, JD Martinez got his money. Um, another name related to the to the Alfred thing is Dalton Pompey. So that was a name yeah. that was kind of thrown in my face. You know, when I I was I shared your story that you wrote at the Athletic about Anthony Alfred, and I was like, this is so messed up. I don't know what to think about this. If that's if this is what they're doing, if they're manipulating his service time. And, Somebody's like, well, what about Dalton Pompey? Like, should, what are you tra- saying? Oh, should everyone on the forty man get called up? And it's like, well, don't Dalton Pompey didn't earn it, and and you could say that that Alfred didn't earn it either. But what happened in, the, in over those seventeen days that that suddenly clicked that light that oh maybe Alfred did earn it? Like they're not manipulating Pompey service time by leaving him down after he didn't have a great year after he was squabbling with his manager, you know, all these other different things that happened. Um, the difference I mean, you, between you, yeah, you don't manipulate yeah. the service time of the guy who's going to be on waivers in the next six months anyway, right? Like, I mean, he's out of options. Well, yeah, he's, he's not long for this team. That, that's that's consideration isn't there. But I think they really believe in Alfred. But I, I, oh, I do too, and I think they want to see, they want to try to get him some big league reps uh, because he has performed well, Double A anyway. He didn't hit Triple A, but but I think that's for fans and for people like us on the outside or people who are covering the team in the way that you cover the team and to a much lesser extent than I cover the team. Um, it's the shifting scale of earn that is difficult to wrap our heads around. 
So yeah, okay, Alfred didn't earn it, but he has. They have an investment in him. Where Pompey also didn't earn it, but their their investment in him is 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 gone. Like that's a sunk cost from their perspective. They're not necessarily expecting a lot of return out of him, and if he does it, it's it's like found money. But to put him on, to put him in the big leagues, to pay him, to try to find time for him, they're not willing to do that right now. But for Alfred, they are this year. Maybe next year they won't. If twenty nineteen is repeated twenty eighteen. We're not going to see the same thing. They're not going to drag him up to the big leagues towards the end of September just to get him a few more reps or whatever. Um, and and you know for Bichette, sorry, or for for Bichette and for for Vlad, obviously earning is a whole has a whole different uh, connotation because you can earn all you want, but if they don't have to put you on the forty man, they won't when they don't have space. And and maybe you know what is what is earn what does an earned spot look like for Rowdy Tellez and and how much. How, how much of the next opportunity has he earned by pl- by playing well in September at the big leagues? Uh, this is also a good time to remind everyone that the old adage about you don't believe anything you see in April or September, uh, let's not invest too much in what we've seen here in April and September, except, of course, the good things. <laughs> right? Right. He had a home run and, and he slashed a double the other way tonight. Believe it. The truth. Just like, Awful at double to triple A points of the year. Not illusion. This stuff, real. Uh, uh, Tay Oscar Hernandez last year in September and this year in April. I mean, that's that's the real him. Apparently. He's continued to be that. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Or, uh huh. Or Randall Gritchick. Don't believe what you saw in April when he was bad, or in September when he's also been kind of bad after being very good for you know another big chunk of the season. Yeah, only believe the so. good stuff. Only believe the good stuff. Well, if they, when they look, when it looks real, yeah. <laughs> like the like Richard Arania last year is an example of like you know, even the most kind of you know, rose colored glasses or blue jays colored glasses could be like, yeah, I don't think this is. I'm not going to invest too much in that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and you know, for good reason. Those things for me. So speaking of this sort of buying or selling or believing, uh, Lourdes Gurriel, I have no clue. I do right. not know what to make of him at all, um, which is not a bad feeling, not a bad way to proceed and head into the to the winter. Because I feel like I don't know when I watch him, I'm like, huh? Um, like, wow, he hit a home run. He hit the ball like straight up in the air and went over the fence tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like a 46 degree or 42 degree launch angle or something. But right. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, so I, the, I, the, 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 there's so much strikeout and so little walk that it. It's like okay. I mean, if, at mm-hmm. some point that's got to dry up, right? But it, just, I don't know. But it, it, but it'd be real fun if it didn't. Like he, he seems like uh, it's a guy you want to see do well. Could be uh, just could be an entertaining player to have around if he's not dog shit, which he hasn't been. No, it's um, it's it's exciting. It's intoxicating because the results are good. But we'll have to see. Um, uh, but he again earned. What's so? Did he? The some earn has different has different connotations depending on situation. Where he guys sometimes are like ah, the team needs a shortstop, so let's bring up Guriel and see what happens. And so we'll um, you know this. It's it's at the very least it's worth look worth monitoring how right now they're kind of balancing the playing time as we've sort of touched on with Russell Martin. Right now, Russell Martin's playing time is not a priority. Everybody seems on board with that, so he's not going to play. Maley, uh, you know, I think it was John Lott wrote a story about Maley, how he's totally chill with this. He's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. 
Um, we'll see how this all shakes out. Um, but we'll see how what what the, what what that means. What earn means versus what kind of investment they're going to make in some of these guys. Jonathan Davis, Dwight Smith Jr. Man, all Dwight Smith Jr. does is hit. Maybe I'm crazy. It's a bit, that's been a thing. It really has. It's you know it, he he doesn't you know it doesn't jump off the page. It's not. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just not a guy that maybe excites people, but yeah, every, you know, he keeps going up to the plate and hitting the goddamn ball. You mentioned Pilar in the past, but now I'm trying to think of a another like maybe he could be like a Brett Gardner kind of player who doesn't again doesn't jump off the page, but very valuable, very solid contributor for a long time. Who's kind of coming to the end of that phase of his career, but uh, um, somebody who who just sort of hit and hit and hit and then they couldn't get rid of him because he just kept hitting and so if you know i think on an earlier episode i mentioned that dwight smith jr might be the guy who who might be an odd man out that goes somewhere else and is kind of is that guy a little bit um hopefully not but i don't know they're they're jays are in in that position now where they just got there's a real glut of non-superstar players with intriguing tools or interesting production and just a lot to sort of figure out right now for that yeah. just front office. And oh and I think that, you know, that's sort of I don't know, that seem that seems to be you know, what what teams have to do at this point. You know, I don't I mean maybe that's obvious, but like I I you look through the Rays lineup and you look at those, you know, all those guys having good years who are guys you're like, What who the fuck? What? Um, and the Jays haven't had it. We, we mentioned Colabello uh, earlier. Devin Travis came up as well. I mean, those are guys who kind of out of nowhere turned into really productive guys for a couple of years for them. And Travis, you know, had yet to be seen what he's going to be going forward. But, I, but you know, I think last year was so dog shit and the start of this year was such dog shit that it's like you... Uh, I mean, Solarte was nice at the start, but then has obviously just faded faded into such such terribleness but you know there there are stories like that all around the league all the time on all sorts of rosters where it's like a guy you're who you thought was just a warm body ends up being someone who just can't stop fucking hitting um and yeah i mean i think the the one of the you know in terms of you're, you're not just even acquiring talent at this point you know that's obviously an enormous part of what the front office does but but you know, harnessing it, figuring out which who's going to break when. Uh, I don't know. It just seems so much more uh, important. Maybe now. Maybe that's just that's the blind spot I had before. But it seems like this is a you know this is a thing the Jays and it's a thing that the Jays have to kind of get right because they have a lot of guys who might turn into nothing. But they're you know the the way they're constructing their roster the, very openly is that, you know, the more depth we have, the more likely it's going to be. We find, a, I think Atkins at one point, you know, said like a Bautista kind of story, which obviously elicited eye rolls from people who are always ready to eye roll at uh, anything he says. But, you know, you, that's, that's probably true. You know, I mean, obviously you want to acquire elite talent and, and, and get those best players that you can, but just having guys, who can play? Who can you can work with? Who you can tweak things with? Who might end up, you know, just turning into something that nobody ever expected? And uh, you know, Pilar was that for a few years as well. And I, I, I don't know if I'd make the bet that uh, that Dwight Smith Jr. is that, or Billy McKinney, or or whoever else. But uh, mm-hmm. but I think there's but but you know you you see you feel that there could be that potential there because the results have come and it's such a small sample as yet, but. 
I mean, you don't want to take the bat out of their hands. You want to see where this goes. And I guess I guess that's good because the Jays have set themselves up to be useless next year. And, and uh, uh, they're going to get a lot of run, a lot of room to run for a lot of these guys. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I don't I don't know. It could, it could go so many ways at this point. You, you are right. There are a lot of those kind of found money guys floating around. We mentioned one already, J.D. Martinez, right? The Astros yeah. were like, wow, well, we got too many good players and we got to let him go. And then next thing you know, he's just an absolute animal who hits everything. Like um, if you can, if you can get good at figuring out who those guys yeah. are, that's, you know, that's going to be an incredibly important thing for a franchise. I think that's what the Blue Jays want to be. I, you know, I think like I, I think of the Brandon Drury trade and I think that he's a guy where they probably are thinking things like that. Like, okay, he's, mm-hmm. he's this, but we think that they, we, that there can be this in him. Um, and he doesn't even have, obviously, you know, yeah. Jose Bautista, J.D. Martinez, that's the, you know, the upper, upper, upper threshold of yeah. those sorts of found money guys outside of, you know, the, the Rule 5 types like the, I don't know, Dan Uglo or guys who, like Odubel Herrera and Delano DeShields Jr., sort of guys who happened into everyday roles and being productive players and often productive players on good teams. Yeah, you absolutely do need those guys. and. And to an extent, maybe even like Teoscar Hernandez is kind of already that, mm-hmm. just in a lost season, like on a, on a team with a, with a on a dog shit team, as opposed to being on a good team. But but sort of a throw in, sort of a guy squeezed out, and then next thing you know. But um, on the being on the lookout for those guys, or 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 while also, and it comes back to the roster crunch, which is kind of be going to be like a recurring theme over over this show until they sort it out. But. But you you have to be there. Obviously, they don't. You don't have to be. But the team is choosing and smartly wary of that, of giving away something that you don't want to 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 let something of something worthwhile, a good player who you could tap for good protect uh, good production. You don't want to let it slip through your fingers. Um, you don't want to have it and then lose it because you are overly reliant on whatever else. I don't know. You know what I mean. We know yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah, fuck, obviously, yeah. All right. That's it. We're over, gone over the hour mark here. We're talking an hour, but like a team that is, is 45, winning 45% of their games. But it was a dramatic one tonight. Was here great. on Thursday. That we'll all remember for long, long after we're gone. We'll tell the, the wonderful, poetic, purple tale and prose of that night when that guy hit, I don't remember who it was, but he hit a home run, and then and then the other guy <laughs> hit a home run. Really, really, uh, really a rich tapestry indeed. Yeah, I mean, um, but you know what the the scenes on the bench, watching you know watching the players get into it and really get behind each other, and were really you know uh, that was pretty cool. I don't know, like Guriel was running around like a fucking maniac, and Russell mm-hmm. Martin like slamming his hat into the dirt at home plate, and. Uh, you know, it was you know, it, it obviously it wasn't like 2015 esque or anything like that, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, shit like that's been been, uh, been kind of rare in this season, and we didn't talk too much about the game because you know, as we say, <laughs> I didn't watch it as it, as it happened, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, it was it was pretty cool, and it's it's nice uh, to get a reminder not just that the the you know the game is fun, but just to have a team where you feel like the lineup is you can still be in games and it's just like, it's, you're not discouraged when, when, you know, when the other team gets a a couple of runs and I don't know, you could, you could, you could feel how you could, you could feel how it could work here sometimes. 
Um, after a game like that, that's the rose-colored, Blue Jays-colored lens I'm viewing it through, which is probably a long way off. But I don't know. I don't know. It was. It was nice. It was. It, it was a nice break from being, you know, down about every goddamn thing about this team. To be like, yeah, I'm happy to cheer for these people, to watch people cheer for them, to watch them cheer for each other. Uh, it seemed like that was a pretty cool thing to be a part of, and, uh, and you know, well, as long as the break. Jays don't have to play against the the Rays or the Red Sox, or the Rays other than tonight, but the Red Sox and the Yankees and Oakland actually, Jays are 0 for seven against Oakland this year. Uh, they're fine. They're a fine team, other than when they get de- their heads kicked in by the Red Sox. Uh, four and fifteen against Red Sox this year, and uh, it was still. Well, that's it. They're done against the Sox. They've still got some more games against the Yankees, against who they are six and thirteen. So, other than that, they're good. And and but like you said, you know, you can squint and you can see it. You can see the team. They see the, the, the guys coming together, and, and maybe there's some value to that. Um, but also, you can just see like, oh, that, he could be a good player. He can be a good player if he can hit a home run every time up. They'll be set. They don't <laughs> right, have to worry yeah, about anything yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, and again, when they retire, Justin Smoke's jersey, and we all come together to solemnly pay our respects as, as he gives his gives a long thoughtful speech about uh fishing and hunting um it, it will all remember we'll remember where we were <laughs> on this night uh that's it for this edition of birds all day we want to thank everyone for listening we want to thank everyone who has been a patreon supporters from the very beginning all 184 or so episodes later we're still going and it's all because of uh of you the heroes who head over to patreon.com slash birds all day and kick us a couple bucks a month uh, to keep us going because it absolutely does. And uh, sometimes you know, the, Stone's made a good reminder that when you see the players having fun and it's fun when people start to, the conversation bubbles up on Twitter or, or wherever you're following the game after it's maybe been a little bit quiet, a little bit of a fallow period, um, it is fun. So it's fun to get back on the mic and, and talk about what the Blue Jays and, and what should really be a promising future. Right now, things... I've been a little grim uh, with the team losing, and then there seems like there's a real lot loss of faith in the front office because of the unscrupulous way that they do business. That's totally legal and within their within their rights and, and <laughs> the we th- CBA. But we uh, think that we think th- that's why there's been a loss of faith. Well, then, then no, <laughs> but by no fault of theirs, there is still a bright future for the Toronto Blue Jays. There are some very exciting players on their way, and they have a lot of exciting decisions to make that could well form a, a, a very strong homegrown core of players around which they can use those Rogers Telecom bucks to enhance the product and really uh, compete and contend and, and get back to looking eye-to-eye with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the cheating dog shit Rays who will be back to 75 win irrelevance next year. Fear, absolutely fear not. So, <laughs> so that is, that is the, the, the note that I want to take away. Uh, so again, thank you to everybody who, who heads over to Patreon to keep the, the show going. You can of course uh, rate and review us at iTunes and I'll, uh, you can subscribe there as well. Uh, iTunes and Stitcher and all the other podcast places, except the Spotify for some fucking reason. Uh, and soundcloud.com slash birds all day is where it's all hosted so you can grab it there, you can grab the RSS to put it into your podcast uh, catcher and as I often mention you can go to facebook.com slash birds all day if you want you'll be alone but you'll be there uh, Stone, you got anything to add? 
No, I mean, why would why would anybody use Facebook? It's 2018. Come on. Yeah, it's getting that way, in it? Anyway, you can read Stoughton at The Athletic. Uh, wrote, as, we, as we said, wrote about Anthony Alford earlier this week. Uh, may see another one from him tomorrow. Is that true? That's the plan. We'll we'll see that's if that, that ends up being uh, executed. But yeah, well, you've plan. got the carrot, the the podcast editing carrot and stick working working yeah. for you. So yeah, and uh, and you can read some stuff that I write about Shohei Otani advice. So you can go find that at Vice Sports, where I uh, made some gifs and asked what would happen to Shohei Otani pitched against <laughs> Shohei Otani, and I had yeah, a great man. time doing it. it. Took me weeks. So that was like the longest gestation period on a thousand word story ever but uh it's good fun <laughs> oh it was that's so, it was uh, excellent uh it turns well, out that otani you. is uh pretty good yeah he's very 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 good he's such a good hitter now that they're like maybe they just should shouldn't bother with the pitching anymore um which is crazy because he is a very 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 good pitcher yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's killing it all right and so are you and so am i so that's it for this edition of birds all day we'll talk to you next week Man.